RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Jim DeVico. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 388 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report from the Star Trek multiverse. Recorded live on Tuesday, October 30th, 2018, and available for download or streaming on Friday, November 2nd at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kenna. And I'm Anthony. Ooh, it's Mischief Night, and this week is Halloween. Star Trek Online has activated that one mission that we all play (laughs) in spooky time. And would be deactivated by the time this episode is out. That is true, but we hope you had a good time. (laughs) This week, be safe out there. Kenna, why don't you tell us what spooky things we have coming today? Oh, there's nothing spooky this week, Elijah. It's just Star Trek. I'm sorry. We are trekking out the new Star Trek Short Treks trailer for Calypso. Anthony Rapp and Wilson Cruz talk Discovery Season 2 for Stamets and Culber. CBS has filed a bunch of new trademarks for Star Trek, and the whales have fallen silent. In Star Trek Online and gaming news, we have a launch date for Age of Discovery on consoles, and an visitor talks Victory is Life while painting STO model ships. And as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Captains, remember that those hailing frequencies are always open, and we love to hear from you between episodes, so please, reach out to us. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. We're on Twitter at Priority One Pod. You can even send us an email via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And now we're on Instagram. Follow us at Priority One Pod. This week, many of you went out trick-or-treating. But you know what the biggest treat is? Producing this show for you each and every week. We wouldn't be able to do it without the ongoing support of our patrons via Patreon.com. It's because of our patrons that we can continue to produce the quality content that you've come to expect from week to week. For those of you unaware, Patreon is a way that you can support creators like Priority One Podcast. With tiered rewards, you can donate X amount a month, and that money will go to the ongoing production of this show. Now, Captains, we understand that a financial contribution may not be possible for you, but there are other ways that you can support Priority One Podcast. For starters, whenever you see a post from us, like an episode on Fridays or a community question, be sure to share those posts with your friends on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any other social media platform. As always, we're so very grateful for your ongoing support. 
And another way you can help us out here at Priority One is to join us as a volunteer audio editor. Whether you're an experienced editor or if you just want to learn a new skill, just drop us a line. Incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com is the address. We'll train you and give you the software you need. If you'd like to become part of the Priority One family, send us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com or check out our website. And one last note before we move on. Next Tuesday, November 6th, is Election Day here in the U.S., and we all here at Priority One want to remind you, your vote counts. Now, we try not to get political here on the show, and this is not that. This is not me getting political, but there are probably a few of you listening who think that your vote doesn't matter, or that these elections don't matter because they're just the midterms, or because maybe you don't like any of the candidates. But nearly half of all eligible voters did not vote at all in our last presidential election. And this election, while not presidential, is going to determine the makeup of the entirety of the House of Representatives and one-third of the Senate. As Star Trek fans, we share a vision of a better future, of equality, of a post-scarcity society where all of us have access to what we need so we can go and do the things that we are called to do. You can be a part of making Star Trek's future become a reality, and you can do that by casting your vote next Tuesday. If you live in the United States, please vote. Vote early or by mail if you have to, and get your friends to vote too. Your future, my future, our future, literally depends on it. Now, let's check out all the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's check it out. Imagine waking up on a strange ship, alone, confused. That's the premise of Star Trek's upcoming short trek, Calypso! And this week, we were treated to a bite-sized teaser trailer. Aldous Hodge of Leverage fame plays Kraft, a man that gasps from slumber to find himself alone on a Crossfield-class starship. After donning a jumpsuit and grabbing a presumably heavy object, he wanders the dust-covered ship in search of anything. In an interesting twist, we learn that Calypso takes place 1,000 years after Discovery, which likely explains the aforementioned dust. The teaser ends with Kraft asking, quote, Is there anyone else on this ship besides you and me? End quote. To which the computer replies with a flirtatious laugh. Calypso is written by Pulitzer Prize winner Michael Shabon, directed by Star Trek Discovery executive producer Olutande Osunsami, and is due to hit CBS All Access November 8th at 9.30pm Eastern Time. Now there's one thing that you did leave out, which is that Michael Shabon not only is a Pulitzer Prize winner and the writer of Calypso, but he is also the lead writer on the new Picard series as well. So I think it's widely accepted that this is going to be a taste of the type of things that he's going to like to write, the flavor of what we might be able to see in the Picard series coming up. I think the biggest news from this reveal is that this short takes place a thousand years after Discovery. Well, people wanted it to be in the future. 
You got, you want the future? We're going to give you the future. I think they might have overshot it just a wee bit. It's interesting to note, too, that it clearly takes place on a Crossfield class vessel, although it's not clear as to if it's the Discovery or not. So this raises a lot of questions. I'm not sure we're going to get the answers when this short premieres. You know what this reminds me a little bit of? Cortana and Master Chief. You know, a little bit like, oh, he wakes up after a long slumber and Cortana's a little off her game, a little corrupted. Yeah, but I'm okay with that. I'm trying not to speculate if I can at all because Michael Shabon comes with such a good reputation that I don't want to ruin it for myself by trying to guess. So I'm actually specifically just trying to go, oh, hmm, that's an interesting trailer. It's a thousand years in the future. And then I'm just going to try and forget about it until November 8th. So that brings us to our first community question this week. Did the Short Tracks Calypso trailer get you excited for the second episode? Why or why not? In the events of Discovery's 10th episode, Despite Yourself, one half of Star Trek's first same-sex couple was viciously murdered by Klingon-turned-human Voke slash Ash Tyler. Since that January 7th air date, Star Trek Discovery cast and crew have been defending the decision and saying a similar thing. This isn't the bury your gaze trope. Actors Anthony Rapp and Wilson Cruz continued to spread that message earlier this week. In an interview with Attitude, the pair discussed the importance of Culber's death, how it will affect the duo, and may have dropped a hint or two about Discovery's second season. When asked, what's next for Stamets and Culber, Cruz responded, quote, I think it's safe to say that we actually get to meet Culber in a real way. We got to see him through the lens of this relationship last season, but I think this season we really get to know him on a personal level and flesh him out, so to speak. End quote. To which Anthony Rapp replied, quote, Interesting turn of phrase. End quote. As one would expect, the Rent actors were asked about singing in Star Trek, and while Rapp stopped short of saying there would be a musical episode, he admitted to, quote, a little bit of singing, end quote. For a link to the full article, check out the show notes. So he mentions that Colbert gets fleshed out, so to speak. And, you know, this could just be a ton of wishful thinking and pure conjecture. But there's that shot in the season two Discovery trailer where Stamets is seen pulling some creature out of Tilly with a machine. And one thing to note is that there was a moment where part of the mycelial spores got on Tilly's shoulder. It's possible we're making a connection with that. And that since Colber was in the mycelial network in season one after his death, maybe he's literally pulling him out of Tilly? That's a real stretch. I'm very curious, though, as to how Colbert is involved in season two, unless it's flashbacks of some sort. So here's what I'm thinking, and I'm going to be the naysayer here, is that now that two writers have left under less than cordial terms. I think that they are taking this opportunity to learn from the mistakes that they made in season one and trying real hard to rectify some of those errors. Last week, we talked about Laurel's makeup and how it's not as pronounced as it was last season. This week, and over the last several weeks, we've been talking about how Wilson Cruz has had a presence at the conventions, has been vocal in his conviction that he will in fact play a role, a much deeper role in the second season. Let's look at the timeline here. Season one was released week by week, 
which meant that each episode had a whole week's time to ferment in the Star Trek community through podcasts, through forum posts, through the internet. It's a much different time for Star Trek now than it was 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. And then on top of that, they didn't start filming until after season one completed. These things, these headlines, these things that we've been covering, like Laurel's makeup, like Colbert saying that this is not the barrier gaze trope, that he will be coming back. I can't help but think that they are, in fact, listening to the fans and rectifying some of the misdirections. I'm not going to say mistakes, I'm not going to say errors, although I really want to. I'm going to call them misdirections that they made with season one under perhaps misguided leadership. I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. I'm looking forward to them correcting their course to something a little more familiar, something a little less in your face and a little less shock value. And for instance, rectifying the barrier gaze trope, which was undoubtedly the case in season one, and, and trying to find a way of rectifying that, trying to find a way of reconciling that and bringing Culber back to be an actual human being, not a force ghost, on the Discovery. First of all, I'm going to say that most of what we've been talking about is conjecture off of the back of like half a sentence. But it's undeniable that Wilson Cruz has been very active still in the Star Trek space. But by the same argument, so has Sam Bartholomeos and so has Kenneth Mitchell, which we know are like deader than dead right now. My argument has been and will continue to be they made a huge, huge error in killing off Culber in season one. And any attempt to try and fix that now is too little too late. To me, it's it draws an analogy to the way that they keep hammering us with Harry Mudd like keep trying to fix the character, but it's already happened. And for me, what I want to see, what I personally want to see from Culber and from that character is an acceptance of his tragic death and the moving on. Because I think it's kind of indicative of a lot of things that are wrong in today's society. I won't go too far down that road. Where we just think, you know, this tragic thing happens and we're gonna we're gonna fix it. We've gotta be able to do something. Rather than here's something that was actually tragic and we can learn a lesson in compassion and humanity by dealing with it and actually accepting and coping with that loss. And I'd love to see Star Trek be a leader that way and show us a positive way for us to experience a tragic, horrific death. I always say, we'll have to wait and see. When you think excitement, the first thing that comes to your mind probably isn't trademark filings. But in this case, trademark filings, well, it's still pretty boring, but it's also worth an examination. According to CNET.com, CBS had filed for several Star Trek trademarks a few months ago. We discussed this way back in episode 378 of Priority One, but recent Star Trek announcements and filings publicly available have brought the trademarks back into the foreground. The application for trademarks include the titles Star Trek Starfleet Academy, Star Trek Revolution, Star Trek Reliant, Star Trek SETI Alpha 5, Star Trek Destiny, and Star Trek Lower Decks. If that last one sounds familiar, it's because it's the title of the newly announced Star Trek animated comedy from Rick and Morty's Michael McMahon. Could that mean that we have the titles for other Star Trek shows in the mix? It's certainly a possibility. For a list of the trademarks, check out the show notes. The only one I even care about is Star Trek Starfleet Academy. Let's, I want to see it. I want to make that happen. I want to be there. And then the rest, you know, whatever. 
one thing that's interesting to note is that when we previously talked about this, we mentioned that CBS doesn't usually trademark things that they don't intend to use. And these were specifically trademarked for drama series in a multimedia downloadable streaming service. I think with the exception of Star Trek Reliant is the only one that was not specifically trademarked for that. You know, we had mentioned that other companies like Apple or Lucasfilm, they'll trademark a bunch of stuff just in case they're going to use it. I think it's possible that due to the nature of this new expanding Star Trek universe that they're trying to create on television, it's possible that they could also be starting to do that where they're just going to register every single idea that they have in trademark just in case they start to use that. On the other hand, we see some things that sort of connect. Star Trek Reliant, Star Trek SETI Alpha 5. It's quite possible that Star Trek SETI Alpha 5 is the rumored miniseries that Nicholas Meyer is working on, and perhaps Star Trek Reliant is a prequel comic or something that will lead into that. Uh, As for Revolution and Destiny, I think those are the two things that stand out to me that we really have no idea what those could be about. Well, Destiny takes the namesake from the novels. Destiny involving the Vesta-class starship that is being captained by Esri Dax. Will they bring that to life? Maybe this is the anti-Borg drama, Picard seeking vengeance. We'll never know. I have one question, and that one question is, where is Nicholas Meyer? Like, where is he? He has been MIA since the launch of season one of of Discovery, and he was all up on that leading up to season one of of Discovery. Where is he? He's around. I would love that answer. He's probably at a coffee shop writing scripts on the back of a napkin somewhere. He'll be back. And the thing is, as soon as he pops up in a Star Trek article of any kind... It's just, everything's going to explode. So we got a lot of focus on. I'm quite happy for Nick Meyer to just stay on the fringes for now. We will know soon enough. Star Trek has predicted or inspired a great many things. Communicators inspired cell phones. Pads became tablets. The extinction of whales led to the eradication of Earth by an advanced alien species. I'm sorry, what? All right, well, that last one hasn't happened quite yet. But in a study published to the open access journal PLOS-1 by Koki Chuji from Ogasawara Whale Watching Association and Hokkaido University in Japan, it is stated that humpback whales are going silent. The study states that increased human shipping over the sea and the noise it creates has altered the singing habits of male humpbacks. From Science Daily, quote, fewer male humpbacks sang in the area within 500 meters of the shipping lane than elsewhere. After the ship passed by, whales within around 1,200 meters tended to temporarily reduce singing or stop singing altogether. End quote. So, about those aliens. Everybody grab their towels. Be sure to check out the show notes for more information. Well, that's it for this week's Star Trek news. Now let's find out what happened this week in the world of Star Trek gaming. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Captains on console will be able to join the Starfleet Academy class of 2256 when Age of Discovery launches on Tuesday, November 13th. Start your journey with Cadet Sylvia Tilly, voiced by Mary Wiseman, and then face off against the sinister Klingon matriarch Jaula in the newest tutorial and story content. 
You'll also be able to experience the new random task force operation system, including the newest edition, Starbase One. To celebrate this release, Star Trek Online is holding a writing contest. By submitting a 1500 word or less story about your Age of Discovery captain, you'll have the chance at winning the title Hollow Novelist, and either a Tier 6 Crossfield or Walker-class starship. Details and submission rules are available in the show notes. Nana Visitor, DS9's abrasive but vigilant Kira Norris, was recently a guest on the Will Friedel-hosted Painter's Guild. The former Boy Meets World actor teaches notable gamers and celebrities how to paint gaming and hobby miniatures. During her time on the program, Visitor talked about her return to the role of Kira for Star Trek Online's Victory is Life expansion as they painted game print models of Star Trek Online ships. You can check out the show notes for a link to the episodes. When I went to watch it, it was originally pay-gated, wasn't it? It is pay-gated. It is pay-gated. However, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial of the Alpha Network, which is a geek-centric streaming service that combines videos from Geek and Sundry and Nerdist uh, and some other sites. You can sign up for a 30-day trial and watch both of the episodes that she Cool. I might have to do that. After a little bug squashing this past week, the Arena of Sompact is now available on PC. From November 1st to Monday, November 5th, you can earn weekend vouchers to purchase some exclusive goodies, like the new Sompact Personal Shield, which protects you from electrical attacks. Huh. I wonder what that could be used for. Yes. It will protect you from the lightning you'll encounter in the arena itself. Now, although Arena of Sompak is not on console, captains will have plenty to do this weekend. Not only will your tech upgrades grant you twice as much technology points during the upgrade weekend, but the Phoenix prize pack has returned. Now is your chance to acquire some exclusive prizes no longer available. The upgrade weekend lasts until Monday, November 5th, while the Phoenix prize packs are available until Tuesday, November 6th. And finally, lifetime subscriptions are once again on sale. Captains on PC get $100 off, while captains on console can save 33%. This promotion ends December 6th. And captains, we've said this time and again, that that lifetime subscription certainly pays for itself after some time. A short amount of time, actually. Don't forget that you get free Zen every month, as well as access to veteran rewards like the Chimera. In other gaming news, the Star Trek Online developers traded in their mice and monitors for pens and paper to play another session of the Star Trek tabletop role-playing game, Star Trek Adventures. This is the fourth installment of their RPG escapades, but don't worry if you haven't watched the previous episodes, the session starts a brand new story. Jesse Heinig leads the game as the crew of the USS Pathfinder, which includes Thomas Maroney, Paul Reed, Chris Menard, Mike Fatum, Tiffany Chu, and Ryan Levitt continue to explore the Stowe Galaxy. You can check out the show notes for links to watch all of their gaming sessions. And that's it for the week's roundup of gaming news in the Star Trek multiverse. Now, let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See? Hi, Ken and Anthony. Last week, I think one of your hosts said that Star Trek Online had been the only source of ongoing story for the Star Trek universe for the last eight years. Can you tell that person that there's something you should look into? They're called books. There have been a lot of great books that have been produced over the last decade or so, and I would personally suggest the Fall series and the Typhon Pact books. You know, maybe that person 
read some more, they would have liked Deep Space Nine. Anyways, live long and prosper, priority one. Even Elijah. First of all, Hayden, books are not canon. They're not recognized as canon. And Star Trek neither, neither and Star, Star Trek Online is virtually accepted as canon, especially when Al Rivera and company take a trip to CBS Studios to talk about their involvement and their connection to Discovery. So there's that. And on top of that, also, let's not forget all the voiceover actors who have come who are Star Trek alum. I mean, the list goes on. Okay, so I'm going to say that I respectfully disagree with you and say that Star Trek is more canon than the, than the novels. Now let's listen to Chris Keen's message. Hi, this is Chris Keen, and I'd like to weigh in on the community question, what ship would you like to see Eagle Moss produce? I'd have to say it would probably have to be the... Hi, Chris. Oh, hello, Mike. You all right? Yeah, not bad. What are you up to? I'm just doing the community question for Priority One. What, what ship would you like to see Eagle Moss produce? Oh, right. Okay, I'll um, sit here and uh, be quiet then. If you, if you would, that'd be great. Thanks, mate. Hi, this is Chris Keane. The ship I'd like to see Eagle Moss... Uh, Mike? Yeah, what? Why are you whistling? I do that when I'm bored. Oh, right. But if you could just keep it down a little bit. I just want to get this done. Okay. Thank you. The ship I would like to see Eagle Moss produce has got to be... Oh, I've just bought a new bidet from biobidet.com. Fascinating. <laughs> the ship I would like to see Eagle Moss produce has got to be... Chris. Y yeah? Any chance for a cup of tea? Are you joking me right now? No. Well, will it keep you quiet? Yeah. Right, fine. Hi, this is Mike Bond, and the ship I'd like to see Eagle Moss produce is a T6. <laughs> oh, Chris Keen, you, sir, are a... <laughs> that was great. That was well played. I'm curious. I'm pretty sure he said Tier 6 Constitution. But anyway, well, we are so very grateful to hear voice messages from all of our listeners, including Hayden and Chris Keen. We encourage you all to do the same thing. You can record on your mobile phone and send it to us via email at incoming at priorityonepodcast.com. We also have a handy-dandy widget called SpeakPipe that allows you to record through your computer, and it sends us an email directly. So we're so very grateful to hear your voices and to share the airwaves with you. So we encourage you to do it. Keep it coming. And we hope you'll enjoy your tea, Mike. Episode 387's first community question was, Are you looking forward to Eagle Moss's new Enterprise F and the USS Emmett Till? And if not, what other ship would you like to see produced by Eagle Moss? From Facebook, Ed O'Connell writes in, The Bonaventure design has been a TOS favorite of mine since it debuted in the Ships of the Line calendar. I have even seen TOS movie-era refits of the design that make me love it even more. It's one of the few Eagle Moss ships I'd buy. My main issue is scale. I'd like my collection to be in scale with each other. From PriorityOnePodcast.com, Tyler Maxwell says, Wow, that Emmett Till ship looks cool. Kind of like a mix between the Chimera class from Stowe and perhaps the Discovery? I'd love to see that ship show up in game. 
As far as more Eagle Moss ships, I don't know. Now with the custom game print ships, despite how much more expensive they are, I'd say that their ability to make almost every ship in stow kind of eliminates any pressing need for Eagle Moss to add more ships from the game into their lineup. Well, the, the difference that I see here is that the game print models can get pretty expensive, but they're also 3D prints, right? So there is a degree of graininess to any 3D print. That's not to say that, that the game print models are any less spectacular, but, you know, Eagle Moss are getting a die-cast, heavy model, detailed model of the ship. Um, I haven't yet seen game print in person. The ones that Star Trek Online had for the Mission New York event was uh, was the company prior to that that they were working with. Um, so it's hard for me to say. It's hard for me to tell the difference, but I think that you would be receiving two very unique items to add to your collection. Episode 387's second community question was, what Star Trek actor would you like to see cameo in the new Picard series? From Patreon, David Rutley says, a cameo with Picard? Me! Haha! <laughs> uh, but actually, I think it would be an emotional interaction if Picard meets B4 again. The memories this may invoke in Jean-Luc of Data and his sacrifice to save Picard and Nemesis would be an interesting drama for Picard, I think. I, You know what, David? I think that's actually a really good idea. Um, I think that that's one of the more positive notes of Star Trek Nemesis is that sort of end scene with him in B4. And it would be great to see something wrapped up from that sort of plot thread. From Patreon, David S. writes in, John Delancey. I love Q. I don't care that he looks older. They could use some CGI magic to make him look young briefly and then have him look his current age with some line like, or perhaps you are more comfortable with this. Plus some sarcastic line about the frailty of human bodies. I kind of love this idea, actually. I think um, it's absolutely 100% believable that Q would turn up to an older Picard looking like an older version of the Q that we saw in TNG. Because they kind of, they were similar in age. They were still, you know, uh, I still think Q looked younger than Picard was at the time. But um, I absolutely would believe an aging, aged Q coming back to Picard. I would love to see that. From Twitter, at Trek Radio says, 100% I'm hoping to see Whoopi Goldberg in a cameo. Guinan and Picard were besties. And a quick shout out to our friends over at Trek Radio, David and Lisa. David, who tweeted at me, thinking back fondly on our dim sum or dim none experiences at the Rio during one of our times together at the Star Trek Las Vegas convention. I'm glad you guys had a, a great time. Uh, miss you much. Kapla, warrior David. From Twitter, Jones Boy Treats says, "The return of Cisco." <laughs> it's, it's never gonna happen. As much as I would love that, I don't think that's gonna happen, and I really couldn't take any more of Elijah making fun of his acting in future episodes. <laughs> Episode three hundred and eighty-seven's final community question was, "What are your thoughts on the new animated series? Love it? Hate it?" cautiously optimistic from facebook carlos perez says i am eagerly awaiting the arrival of hashtag pickle kirk it's about time the franchise do something to poke fun at itself and not let seth mcfarlane have all the joy i would like to point out carlos 
Deep Space Nine did quite a bit of poking fun at itself. Yeah, while being gravely serious the whole time. No, it did. It did. Did it? Well, you know what? Let's save this conversation for on screen or after hours, exclusive to our patrons. This week, we took to Twitter to find out what you thought in our hashtag Survey Sunday. We asked, which Star Trek project are you most looking forward to, other than the next Priority One episode, of course? And the results were very interesting. With a total of 45 votes we had, 53% said Discovery Season 2, hashtag more spores. 42% said Picard Show, hashtag shut up Wesley. 2% said Lower Deck, hashtag Warburp9. I think that's a Warp9. I don't know. And finally, 3% said Short Trek 2, hashtag Future Man. Well, there goes our chance of ever having Will Wheaton on the show because we used his hashtag, shut up, Wesley. Great. Good job, Jake. Well, that wraps up episode 388 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. For more great podcasts like Mission Log and Mission Log Live, Women at Warp, and The Trek Files, visit podcasts.roddenberry.com. But before we go, here's a community question for this week. Did the Short Treks Calypso trailer get you excited for the second episode? Why or why not? Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or find us on Twitter or Instagram at PriorityOnePod. Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 11.30 p.m. Eastern on Facebook. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if that wasn't enough, be sure to spend time with Admiral Winters and the Priority One Armada. Saturday nights, the Armada takes to our Twitch channel where they review the latest Star Trek Online and Armada news, as well as spotlight some of the amazing members in our community. Each week, we team up with you, the viewers, and earn things like reputation marks, dilithium, and more. With regular giveaways, there's something for all Star Trek Online players, new and old. Follow us on twitch.tv forward slash priority one. And if you'd like to join the Armada, visit PriorityOneArmada.com. Still not enough? Well, then be sure to watch for The Cutting Room. Join Priority One audio editor Brandon Parker on Thursday nights at around 6.30 p.m. Eastern and watch as he turns our Tuesday hijinks into Friday gold. That link again is twitch.tv forward slash Priority One. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash priority one. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help us spread the word about our show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio editors, including Brandon Parker and new recruits, James Golding, 
Rand Hurl, and Daniel Stevens. Thanks to producer Jake Morgan for assisting in writing our show and handling our social media endeavors, including Title It Thursday and Awesome Survey Sundays. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer, Henry Pomper. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to Patreon associate producers, Navy Boatslu and Jim DeVico. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Su no. Engage. week be safe out uh, there kenna why don't you tell us what spooky um, things we have coming today are you gonna like re-deliver that like flat for the no. real show no. that's where you're gonna no, you're why? gonna keep that you're gonna go with that yeah why not all right well, yeah. <laughs> sure you don't like add a couple more sentences <laughs> patreon <laughs> Tonight, the part of Elijah will be played by Cab Calloway. <laughs> After donning a jumpsuit, jumpsuit. Mmm, yummy. Shabon, Shabon. You're, you're reading this like it's a tango for some reason. Shabon, bon, Shabon, bon. What are you, an old timey, like from the 1920s in moving pictures? Are we really doing a humpback whale story? Yes, we are. <laughs> that... And you know what the title of this episode Jake. is going to be? The one with the whales. Jake, are we, re- <laughs> Jake, are we really doing a humpback whale story? <laughs> and either a tier six crossfield or walker crap, walker crap ship. Fitted with the newest priority one debate. Deba- <laughs> <laughs> I, I just bloopered the blooper. Damn. <laughs> Go ahead. Keep going. Unless you take away all of their privileges. They all (laughs) All right, guys. Lawyer Tony's back. Unless I tell them. Lawyer, 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 lawyer stuff. He's probably going to be like, yeah, you can't make fun of a co-host like that. It's it's harassment. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to have to cancel Anthony's contract because of lawyery stuff. And um, hashtag, uh, hashtag, um, what's the show I'm on? I forget the show I'm on. (laughs) Kurt. Wyvern. But hashtag skin the wyvern. Hashtag skin the wyvern. The wyvern. Hashtag wyvern frequency. Yeah. Hashtag skin the wyvern. Skin the wyvern. Oh my god, we should trend in our priority one podcast. Okay. Twitter. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks to composer. What is wrong with me?
<laughs> Thanks well, to the composer of our theme music, Chris Warren. And, and would how you much, like that in alphabetical order? <laughs> how, mu- how much? How many tears have I drunk today? I feel horrible for the new person. That I, who did I give intro to? I feel so bad for right now. He's okay. literally trying to help us recruit a new audio editor. <laughs> Can you not make comments like that? <laughs> literally while we're advertising for a new audio editor. Uh, I gave it to Rand. Sorry, Rand. Sorry, Thank Rand. You, Rand. Rand, I think, Rand, I think we're close enough. I'll, I'll buy you a, a cup of coffee or a drink. Damn it, man. I'm a doctor, not a physicist. Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.